And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is number 11, if you're keeping track at home. Sticks. That is sticks right there. I'm Ryan the Goose Gossiker. I'm joined by my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome back to the to the show, and welcome back to another exciting episode. Pleasure's all mine, bro. Let's get back into it. We've got a ton of content, so we've got to get started right away. Again, we remind you, if you have any feedback, you want to tell us anything, the sound, what the content... Whatever you want, give us some real criticism, give us some real feedback, we want to hear it. So, we're going to jump right into it. Here we go. With the NBA bubble, the NBA bubble has been a huge success, Jolan. The big big part of it is there has been zero COVID-19 tests, and I'm going to knock on wood for that. Hopefully that stays the way it is. But let's jump into on the court, and there's a lot of exciting things happen, and this is what happens when you get live sports back. And we're going to jump right into it with Zion and the Pelicans. I have been on this podcast religiously, religiously saying Zion and the Pelicans will get the eight seed because everything's in front of them. Now, what I forgot and what a lot of other people forgot is that while Zion is fantastic, number one, he's on a minutes restriction, and number two, there's four other players on the court with him at the same time. Now, last week, they gave up 49 points in the first quarter. That's unacceptable. You can't do that in any NBA game. You can't even do that in G League and be acceptable. I That That's, doesn't even work in CYO when we were playing as kids. So, uh, regardless, Zion has looked good in my eyes. He looks in shape. I know he's still trying to find his way, just a hair. But I, I like the shape he's in. I think he looks good. The Pelicans, obviously not so much, clearly, on the defensive end. So, Joel, I want to get your quick reaction because, I mean, listen, this is where I was wrong. So, uh, j- jump all over it. I think the Pelicans, like I don't know what they know compared to size of players and how they play efficiently and how long their careers will go, but I think the Pelicans know something that we don't about Zion's weight. I think they want him to lose more pounds before he has that 28 to 32 minute window a night of playing for his knees. He's still young. He's still technically growing. You know what I'm saying? So they are trying to harvest him down to low minutes and to reach his maximum potential, I think he's going to lose weight this offseason. Yeah, and I think he only turned 20 like two weeks ago exactly. or something like that, which is absurd, by the way. You know, Zion is two years younger than I am, which is which is just ridiculous. About to be three younger than me, two and change. Right, uh, just unreal. And, and believe me, I, you know, I've played pickup basketball, uh, three, 300 pounds, which I don't think he's at. I, I it's really 270 at least, but I he's think. At, I think he's at 285, 290 maybe. But, dude, I'll tell you, put running 300 up and down the pickup basketball court was a ton, let alone an NBA surface. So, they, like I said, they've been, a, they've been a really big disappointment in my eyes, but uh, I guess there's still room to go. That's the thing. Right now, they're a disappointment. That's what I'm saying. They're planning for the future. You even saw it with LeBron toward, like, year, I think it was eight or nine, where he dropped a lot of weight, and people were questioning why. It was longevity purposes. That's why. His knees were starting to hurt, probably. Well, and look where he, look where he is now. He's just turned into arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Exactly. Which, uh, life is nice when uh, life is nice when that turns out. But let's not you know again. I don't want to beat up on the Pelicans. They're only a game out of ninth, and they're two and a half games out of eighth. And the Pelicans' remaining schedule is the Spurs, the King, the Kings, and the Magic. So they could win all three of those games easy, I think. I think you can argue they should win all three of those games. And the matchup against the Spurs, to me, is the big one. Because, again, they are just sitting in a logjam right now with with the rest of the Western Conference. It's absurd. The Trailblazers are sitting there at 32-39. and 39. The Suns are 31-39. and 39. The Spurs are 30-38. and 38. The Pelicans are 30-39. and 39. Like, And the Kings are 29-40. and 40. 
So I think the Kings are just about out of it, but I, they need to win all three of these games. And, and But again, you're right, and to your point, they are playing for the future. And, and again, this is what we've seen with a lot of guys. you got to be cautious, especially, by the way, in a league in the NBA that small market teams have to keep on to these guys. Because if not, we saw what happened with Anthony Davis. He literally said, I want out. He got out and he went to L.A. I mean, they got, did get a massive haul for him, but it's still it's still the principle. Right, you lose your franchise player. And Brandon Ingram's a great piece to get back, but he's, you know, he's not. Anthony you know, Davis. you don't replace Anthony Davis like that. So they have Zion. They want to keep Zion for 10, 15 years, believe me. And and so I, I'm just really fascinated. But, I'm again, I'm disappointed in them. Who I'm not disappointed in is the Suns. I oh, thought they yeah. were the worst team coming into this outside of the Wizards, but I didn't believe the Wizards should have been there in the first place. So I didn't really count them. So I thought the Suns were the worst team there. Here they are. They're undefeated in the bubble. We're going to see how their last three games play out or so. Devin Booker has been a man on a mission. And let me tell you, Draymond Green went on TNT a couple nights ago, and he got fined 50K for tampering. But he, what he said was Devin Booker needs to get out of Phoenix and play meaningful basketball all the time, and I couldn't agree more. But you don't say that publicly. Oh, of being, course not. A, being a vet right now with Draymond Green, who's been to the highest stage and won at the highest stage, he should know when to not say anything. But it's Draymond. He does whatever whatever he wants. So fifty grand down now because of it. Right. Regardless. Uh, regardless. So they they've been they have been hotter than a fox in a forest fire here early on. But uh, another guy. Now we're gonna go individually. Who's been hotter than a fox in a forest fire? And that's T.J. Warren. He might be the MVP of this bubble right now. Joe, what, what 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 kind of stats we got on this guy? So, TJ Warren in five games in the bubble with no fans in attendance because I think fans crumble him. 34.8 points a game, 6.6 rebounds a game, 2.4 assists on 60.5 field goal percentage shooting, and 55.6, yes, 55.6% from the three-point line. That's absurd. That's MVP stats any year. That's absurd. You can't, listen, you can't do that in practice. Yeah, if you maintain you, that, you were one of the best players of all time, period. Absolutely, and he won't, obviously. But what I will say is that in TJ Warren, I think, what is he, a second or third year player, he's playing, this is like March Madness for him. Look, we've seen guys, I was talking to some friends about this, we've seen guys get hot during March Madness for six games, right? Kemba, Kemba Walker. Infamously. He, now he's grown into his own name in the NBA, but when he first got into the league, it was cardiac Kemba. It like, was, that was that was his run. That was his moment. Was his one shining moment, which mm-hmm. is coincidentally what the uh, NCAA tournament promotes. One shining moment. He is Shabazz Napier from UConn. It, just all these guys, man, they could get hot in these stretches, and I think we're seeing it from TJ Warren and it's fantastic. It's what we need. It's what Indiana needs, who they just beat the Lakers, which is which is pretty wild. Now, let me remind you that TJ Warren got traded for cash. Oh, man. Period. Oh, what? Man. What? That's disrespectful. TJ Warren had to sound off because he has more microphones now in his face being a little bubble guy. He said it. He felt disrespected. He knew his time on the Phoenix Suns were done, and he felt disrespected. He didn't think he was going to get traded for cash compensation. Because as a player, you would feel disrespected, obviously, if you're at the top of your game and being in the NBA. So God knows he's a chip on his shoulder. I, I guess that Phoenix, that Phoenix culture just wasn't good enough for him. And I guess the only thing that I can remember that comes even close is back in 2003, Kyle Korver got traded on draft night from the Nets to the 76ers. Get this 
for $125,000, which the Nets turned around and used to buy a copying machine. By the way, that copying machine died in 2019. There is an article about it online if you search it. Regardless, I, that's that's about the only thing I can see that comes close. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, there uh, Billy Bean is like trading for his soda machines to be restocked. Like, it's just ridiculous. That copy machine has made zero NBA three-pointers. Kyle Korver has made 2,443. I would I would say Kyle Korver has been more productive than that that stupid copy machine. He lasted longer, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's still kicking. So, But just un, unreal individual stuff that we're seeing. And you know now we turn to the team that TJ Warren beat, which was the Lakers and, and LeBron. And, you know, I actually just found this stat out, actually. LeBron scored 30-plus points in that game. The Lakers were 20-0 and 0 when he scored 30-plus points this season, it, and their first loss came against the the Pacers in the bubble, which is kind of crazy. I think it was the longest streak since Jerry West back in the 70s, which is a long, long time ago. Uh, LeBron's looked a hair bit sluggish. I'm not overly concerned. But that 30-point stat and being 20-0 speaks a lot about LeBron being better for his teammates. You could easily look at someone, I'm not going to say Russell inflates his stats, Russell Westbrook, but when he's scoring triple doubles, they're not always leading to wins. So it's still a testament to LeBron leading the court and leading his teammates, even in year 17, kind of gives you that magic feel. And I think it speaks to his value a lot more because I, I, we just get away from this whole thing. It's, it's all who's got the best stats as the MVP. That's literally not what the award says. It's supposed to be the most valuable player, and that has been LeBron James for the past 15 years. He's also been the most valuable individual to the Cleveland community for the however many years he was there. He brought in over $500 million for that city alone. And brought in a chip for the first time in years. Correctly, 52 years to be exact, which is just absurd. But again, he's, you know, Anthony Davis is trying to find his way when LeBron's not playing. So I, I, I kind of like that. It, but they're trying to get guys to mesh. This is a different, it, not all different lineup, but these guys are different. They're playing different minutes now. They have to kind of figure it out. Band of misfits. Now, we want to talk to somebody who's not going to have to figure it out and may or may not see LeBron James in round one if they get there, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. And from experience, listen, they were the home run pick to get the eighth seed. From an experience point. And the Lakers should be worried. They have Dame, CJ, Carmelo, uh, Yusef Nurkic was coming back, Zach Collins was coming back, so they were getting healthy at the right time, They and, and they played the Clippers. On Saturday, which was which was just a fascinating matchup, Kawhi wasn't playing, uh, Pat Bev wasn't playing, Montrez wasn't playing, somebody else wasn't playing. It was just ridiculously absurd. But Dave missed a couple of free throws late. Then there was some trash talk. Now it extended to Twitter. Now it got into wife versus sister. This thing has reached ultimate levels, but. I love the competitiveness out of Dame. He's probably making a diss track right now while he's reading the scouting report for the next game. It's just really fascinating, Jolan. I love Dame because I don't think he's actually friends with these NBA guys. Like, you see all these pictures of NBA guys hanging out. I think Dame clocks into work, goes to work, and then clocks out. (laughs) Dame's a guy that prints out the picture and hangs it up in his room and says, you know, he's got everything marked. But uh, he does have a banana boat buddy on the team, though, in Carmelo. So... (laughs) Uh, he does kind of have to deal with that, but uh, again, look for Dame and CJ to be to be an issue if they can get into that eight seed. They are going to be a nightmare matchup for the Lakers. And Damian Lillard could easily score forty points a game over a series and 
halt his team to a right. Win. I mean, we've seen him end two series in his career already. So uh, he's been he's been great, and and that's a lot of West talk over to the East. Listen, the reason we talk the East is a mess right now. The Bucks are struggling. They, I believe, in the last nine game stretch they've had going back to before the bubble, they've lost seven of nine or have been trailing in the fourth quarter in at least seven or nine. Celtics blew out the Raptors, so that leads the Raptors they in question. They blew out the now. Raptors. The Celtics had a had a questionable loss uh, early in the bubble. Uh, the Cel- the the excuse me, the Milwaukee Bucks lost to the Nets. Like, and and granted, Giannis didn't play the second half in that game, but whatever. It, there's just some wacky things. The 76ers look awful, and, and they just lost their star, Ben Simmons. Jolan, you got a little bit of an update on that, because I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't speak this word uh, otherwise, so uh, I'm thankful to have you here. Um, yeah, so Ben Simmons had to leave the bubble um, to meet with doctors for knee subluxation. It's a condition in which the kneecap slides out of its normal location or groove and then slides back in a position. It's different from a knee dislocation because the patella would come out of its normal position and stay out of place. So Ben Simmons' knees popped out and now it's popped back in, but he has to check out for doctors to see if he needs any surgery and, or what's happening with and that. And where, where's that information from, just in case the people want Google. to Google. I typed in knee subluxation and it's off of study.com, Academy Lessons. Gotta love it, gotta love it. it Google it works really fast and hopefully it's a speedy recovery for Ben Simmons. But we're gonna see if they do well without him, does that open up the possibility of a trade this offseason? What does it do to his value? This gets really fascinating really quickly. I've always think that Joel Embiid is the cornerstone of that franchise and that him and Ben Simmons don't mesh as well as maybe a pass-first guard or a guy that's... I know Ben Simmons passes like a beast, but he's not a true one. Maybe Ben Simmons would work better as a four somewhere else, not next to a Joel Embiid or a three. So it is interesting. It leaves a bunch of uh, questions on the table. Yeah, and Al Horford's a problem too for that team. Just the, the mix of Ben Simmons who can't shoot and Al Horford, who's, who's slow, it forces Joel out, and that's when we start seeing him take threes because the lane's not open because now it's clogged with those other guys. So they're going to have to do something. They just gave Al Horford a max contract. So I I don't know what they do. This is definitely the the hint to me that the tall, lanky five on a court is pretty much dead in the NBA. You need wing defenders. You need guys to shoot the three at the top of the key, and you need at least one stretch five almost on the floor. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it, you know, and again, Joel is not a comparable guy to LeBron in in the slightest. Uh, I mean, and not, I mean, just not physique-wise. Part of his game does translate. He, his best attribute is when he goes in the post. Sometimes he steps outside and hits a downtown shot. But you play out of the post with those two guys, and you surround them with shooters. That's all LeBron has ever asked for in his entire career. In Miami, what did he get? He got Shane Battier, Ray Allen, and Mike Miller. And Ray Allen, to his credit, basically won him a chip. Right, and their point guards shot the ball well. Mario Chalmers, Mario Norris Chalmers Cole, is awesome, yeah. Norris Cole, all those guys. So um, they need to do something in Philadelphia because, again, this team is just way too talented to just be an afterthought in the playoffs. It, it, they should be up there in talks about going to the finals. They have the talent to be that. But we got to see talent become reality. Now, pure speculation, where would Ben Simmons even land if they want to deal him off the table? Oh, I don't know. Because they're not going to give him to the East. Imagine Ben Simmons has that chip in his shoulder. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Well, I mean, you could give him to, like, Cleveland. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I, mean? I know what you, you could mean. dump them off in Cleveland. I'm sure they'd give you a, a Send good, to the wall if this was Game of Thrones. Yeah, or maybe the Knicks or something. He can go play for James Dolan, which is <laughs> hell. No wants to. That's hell in and of itself. But any, anyway, I think it's fascinating. That's a great question. I think I would need more time to think about that. 
Um, but you, you're right. Anywhere that any a good team in the East, absolutely not. Of course. Oh, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned the Miami Heat, who have been missing Jimmy Butler for the last few games with a foot injury. He's coming back. He wants to play against T.J. Warren. All this stuff. The the playoffs, by the way, which start August seventeenth, if I remember correctly, they are going to be so much fun. And, and I'm excited they got these games in to kind of get all these... Because the first games were ugly, by the way. They were very, ugly. Very. But now I think they're starting to settle into a groove, and they're starting to get going. So I, I'm really happy. And just uh, to wrap up the NBA, I do want to give a list of all the awards, because the NBA season is coming to a close, and they're not counting bubble games to the awards. So the NBA Most Valuable Player is coming down to Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks, James Harden of the Houston Rockets, and LeBron James, obviously the Lakers. NBA Rookie of the Year is down to John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat, who is also paired with another great, great rookie in Tyler Hero, and then Zion Williamson got his bid in. We'll, we will in talk 19 about, games. Yeah, we'll talk about that. NBA Defensive Player of the Year is coming down to Giannis again, Anthony Davis of the Lakers, and Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. NBA Sixth Man Award is down to Montrose Harrell of the LA Clippers, Dennis Schroeder of Oklahoma City Thunder, or Lou Williams of the LA Clippers. Clippers got two six-man rotation. NBA Most Improved Player is down to Bam Adebayo. 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 Miami Heat, excuse me. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks and Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans. And Coach of the Year comes down to Mike Budenholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks. Budenholzer. Budenholzer, I'm sorry. Billy Donovan of Oklahoma City Thunder and Nick Nurse of Toronto Raptors, who's proven already a champion. Yeah, to me, to me, it's it's Nick Nurse as coach of the year. I'll just run through my predictions to be honest with you, just real quick. I won't give a ton of detail. I'm going to take LeBron for the MVP. I'm going to take Giannis as Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to take probably it's got to be John Moran. For it has, to be, it has right? to be for Rookie of the Year. Listen, the Zion talk is fun, but let's be real. That's more about ratings than anything. Right, and most improved player. I mean, Lucas said he didn't even want to be mentioned in that. He said he wanted Devontae Graham, actually, from the Charlotte Hornets involved in that. But nonetheless, he doesn't get much of a say in that. And to Graham's credit, he has jumped 14 points per game and went from three starts now to 53 starts Correct. in this season. He's been terrific. Yeah. He's been absolutely terrific. But I, I guess I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. I think he's had a terrific year. He's, he's been really good. And, and now think, he's a franchise cornerstone, you can make the argument. Correct, and I, I, I think that about rounds out my, my prediction, Sean. You got anything? Um, I, I don't know, but Coach of the Year, I think it's going to be Nick Nurse. I think he's been at the top of his game the second he got hired. Um, MVP, it's LeBron, point blank, period. Number one in the West, people said he couldn't do it, he did it. Um, NBA Rookie of the Year is Ja. Defense, I'm going to have to go with Giannis. I think just... Overall, he, he plays the toughest. He's the hardest to get by. And that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo, yes. And NBA sixth man and most improved player. I think sixth man, I'm going to give to Dennis Schroeder for the simple fact that the LA Clippers, it's easy to jump in rotation and make waves over there. I think it's a little bit harder to do on the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then most improved player, I agree with you. I think it's B.I. being the cornerstone now of the franchise. So the one thing I didn't was sixth man of the year. And I was leaning Dennis Schroeder, but I'm going to go different here. I'm going to take Montrezl Harrell. And, and I think it comes down to him and Lou Williams. And and I think it's just like MVP. People are tired of saying Lou Williams is a six-man of the year. Like, is Lou Williams even a six-man? He'll check in two minutes into the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all subjective. But still, nonetheless, it should be exciting. And dude, I hate that. Let the bubble count. Like, the recency bias is such a big thing. Like, who's going to remember 
why somebody won the regular season award. Well, that's you know the thing. I mean? It is still a regular season yeah. award. So, recency bias is, would be a huge factor. I think that's why they just Absolutely. eliminated it. I guess. That's fair. But let's move on to Major League Baseball. Man, we got to go to the Yankees first. And, I, and that kills me to say that Aaron Judge, man, he, he's got eight home runs already. He is on a tear. He did he did have seven home runs straight uh, in uh, seven straight games with a home run. That was, I believe, that put him at seven home runs in their first ten games of the season, which tied a Yankees record for most home runs in the first ten games of the season. He's just been lights out. I mean, uh, I owe my Yankees friends, a uh, Yankees friends that are fans, an apology because I said Aaron Judge is not going to be half of what he is right now. I thought he was going to be injury plagued his whole career, and I thought the whole Judge section was a bit too premature. With that being said, his 1.1 war already at the start of the season is enough to make me shut up. <laughs> 55 at-bats, 8 home runs, hitting over 300. The, I mean, guy, that, the guy is what he's promised to be. That's a that's absurd. What What is that? That's one every... That's one every, like, eight at-bats or something like that? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. That's absurd. Three every ten. It's actually one every, one every seven, actually, I yeah. think. Which is just ridiculous. And again, this is what I... I, I I'm can hear the Yankee fans saying, I told you so. But understand, I thought Judge could be this great player contingent upon health. And why do why did I have to say that? Number one, because I'm a Met fan. Injuries are the backbone of that franchise, okay? So I'm more than used to injuries, it's by the way. It's into our subconscious. By the way, Giancarlo Stanton just went on to the uh, injured list. Uh, hope, I don't know too much about his injury. Hopefully he's back out soon because he did look like MVP Stanton early on this Similar season. Similar to the Ben Simmons situation, we just they got to see Docs before we talk about it. We just it. don't know. But uh, Aaron Judge has been absolutely terrific. And now we're going to take it from New York all the way down to Florida. We're going to take it to the epicenter of the virus. We want to welcome back the Miami Marlins who were on a little COVID-19 hiatus. And let's, let's be honest, they had the entire Major League Baseball world thinking the season was going to be canceled. Yet here we are. They're seven and two, by the way, leading the NL East. And uh, one of the teams they're leading the NL East over is the New York Mets, who are six and nine on the season. And and their guy Pete Alonso is struggling. He is struggling mighty, uh, mightily. Excuse me. He's got a two eleven batting average with a negative point two wins above replacement. Which, if I understand wins above replacement, it means if he got replaced, the Mets would actually be better. Yes. If I it, it, correct, right, that's exactly right, what that because means. Because judges would be they would lose one point one wins yes. if he was replaced o- over over the course of a full season, which comes down to innings, and that's correct. why Mike Trout's considered the best because it'd be a twenty game. Difference. Yeah, I mean Mike, like, Mike Trout so far in the different stratosphere exactly. is not even funny. Uh, the good news for Pete Alonso, he did homer on Saturday. Uh, it was a it was a missile, by the way. I think he put a hole in the left field wall. Yeah. So it's good to see him. I want to see him try to turn the corner a little bit more. But this is what we talked about last time. If he gets hot, mm-hmm. I don't think he's cooling down. We've only got, well, they're 6-9, that's 15 out of 60. You only got 45 games left. Can Pete Alonso stay hot for 45 games? Hell yeah, he can. He did it for almost 100 last year. All they need is a bid. Yeah. Get a bid to the playoffs and see what they can do. Absolutely, but injuries are starting to catch up with them. Robinson Cano went down with a groin injury. Jeff McNeil's had back soreness. Michael Waka is headed to the injured list. I, Which is mostly upsetting. I know Robbie Cano is getting older, so I'm not really going to comment on that. But you want your guys that are younger to be relatively healthy. I mean, Waka just joined the team. Exactly. But like, I, I, listen, the only guy we got standing, it seems, is Jacob DeGrom. 
uh, because Steven Matz is not a two, number two starter. Uh, let's let's just be very frank about that. I'm excited. I want Marcus Stroman to get back, and we need an update on him. I want him back so that Matz can slide into the three where he has been before. Maybe even the He's four. Been comfortable. Maybe even the four. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who it's, it would either be Porcello or Waka. Yeah. Neither one has proven to be able to jump him in the rotation. I know. Not right now. I like anyway. Waka a lot, though. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we'll see as this team progresses. I I hope they can continue to grow here. And again. We talked about you can't get off to a slow start in this type of season. And what did they do? They got off to a slow start. Remarkable. We should have Absolutely spoken in remar- the air. You know what? It, it, it was going to happen. I talked it into existence, but it was going <laughs> to happen anyway. We all know it. Another thing, to your credit, that you did talk into existence, Dodgers-Yankees. We both called that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they are looking fantastic. Which, by the way, like if any Yankee fan is like thinking, oh, I'm surprised they look this good, I'm not. I've said it on this podcast. They they should be the winners in the AL. If any Yankee fan tells me that we don't give the Yankees love as much love as they deserve, we've already talked about Aaron Judge, and we've already predicted them to go to the World Series, so what what more do you want from me? And the Dodgers just look fantastic with with Walker Bueller. They had a guy, I don't know what his name was, he threw a two-seam fastball the other day that, that literally went from the black on the left side of the plate over to a dude's rib cage. It was it. It had some of the nastiest spin I've ever seen on a two seam fastball. Great. Now the no names are better than us. It was crazy. The dude had awesome hair, by the way. It was <laughs> awesome. But uh, but you know, Clayton Kershaw hopefully is starting to get going. Mookie. They are a scary team. Mookie Betts again. It's like people didn't know who Mookie Betts was, which is ridiculous because everyone knew what he was. Yeah, I mean, he's he's ridiculous. I don't know why Boston got rid of him. I don't I th- know why they didn't want to pay him. I think the whole is Mookie worth his values because Boston didn't pay him. That should have been an easy pull on the trigger, and we would have regarded Mookie as top three outfielder last year. The, you know what the other problem is? He's getting compared to Mike Trout all the time. Dog, you're going to end up second against Mike Trout yeah. in 99.9% of cases. 99.9% of baseball in the outfield will end up yeah. second to him. Like, Period. A couple guys, maybe, that can match with him. But we're going to talk to somebody who is struggling, and that's the Astros. Joan, I told you back way when, when we finally broke the news that baseball was back, I said that I thought the Astros would be helped the most. From a PR standpoint, a little bit. We had the whole Joe Kelly thing. But I thought without fans, they'd be able to concentrate a little bit better. And, well, guys like uh, Carlos Correa, who's hitting three seventy three, Bregman's hitting two thirty. I think he was hitting the low 200s, maybe low or high 100s, he's starting to creep back up. One guy that has not is Jose Altuve. And Joel, on his day on Saturday, was that of a four-year-old Little League player. Tell me about it. It's an accumulation of karma, basically. So Jose Altuve has been a five-time Silver Slugger winner, 2007, uh, 2017, excuse me, AL MVP. He is batting a 177 for the Houston Asterisks. And had four errors in a game yesterday in the field. I think mentally he's off. He has to be. He has to be. So it, That's the only explanation. It has to be a sign of guilt. So he does feel bad for cheating. He knows right. it was wrong. But I think now he feels guilty because he didn't get reprimanded. Yeah. He's now going in front of these nine people that every single dugout, every single place hates you. If you're going to leave Houston, you're going to have no friends in your team. I could see that. And, and and the other problem, too, is he's probably getting in his own head about all this different stuff. And, again, this is this is the way things go. Guys either respond amazingly and they're like, they're like you know, they give the middle finger to everybody. Or they struggle like this. And, and again, I, I watched the Seeping errors. into defense, it's just bad. Yeah, I watched the errors from yesterday. Uh, you know, I think it was three. 
you know, maybe a little bit harsh on you, one of them. You, but yeah. regardless, you could say three, three of them were extremely, extremely... The turnaround throw at a first? Error. Unexcusable. Inexcusable. It's just unreal. And then he pulled out a Luis Castillo, uh, dropping a ball in the outfield. <laughs> I and, in the and that guy... But uh, but yeah, so they are six and eight though. So they're you know they're not far. They're not out of it. So uh, they can they can definitely turn it around. So but those are the live sports going on. Joel, and we got I want to talk about a couple things before we wrap this up. We got college football. Bad news this week. UConn a lot, a lot became of bad news. UConn became the first FBS school to cancel their season. And then just a couple days ago, the MAC canceled their season. Now the Big Ten did release their all. They're all conference schedule, which means they're only going to play teams in their conference. But obviously, everything's subject to change. We're starting to see higher and higher up programs can uh, cancel the season, and nobody wants to be the last one. Um, to answer some fielded questions, we don't know what's going to happen to the seniors for draft. We don't know anything yet. As we discover it, we will be letting you guys know Penn because it's literally on the fly. Penn State has had some guys that that were going to be draft eligible after this fall season have decided I'm not coming back and are getting agents and starting draft prep now. But the two biggest names in college football, which are Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback of Clemson, and the quarterback from Ohio State, Justin Fields, have gone on Twitter and showed their extreme support to have a season and want to play with their teams. Now, does it help that both of them are likely to end up in the national championship game? Yeah. And have millions of dollars next year to fall back on? Absolutely. But they did mention that in their tweet. They said, you know, at Justin Fields, I believe, I've read it specifically, the need to make millions right away is not there for him. He doesn't need to make those millions of dollars because, let's be honest, he's a quarterback. He's either going to go number one or number two this year or number one or number two the year after. The dude's set regardless, so he can kind of do what he wants. But again, this all falls back, and I want any college athlete listening right now, you have to do your part. I understand you want to argue for money and all this stuff, and yes, are they exploiting kids? Absolutely. They've been exploiting kids for decades now. But if you want a season and you want to play college football, you have to do your part. You cannot just... You cannot just say, well, it's just a virus. I'll be okay. We're seeing guys coming back with heart problems. Okay? We're starting to see more and more of that. It's it's getting scarier. And if you're a college football player, you got to do your part. Um, another thing, just quick note. We were talking quarterbacks. Another top-ranked quarterback, I think, next year who's going three after Fields and Trevor Lawrence had his season pulled. Trey Lance is uh, actually in Division One um, football championship series. So he, the North Dakota State Bison have canceled their fall program. So that leaves questions about transferring. This guy's real deal, going to be a top-time pick, I think. So Absolutely. These questions. Same college that um, Carson Wentz came from. So Absolutely. there's things to like. He, he is exciting. And, and again, we don't know what's going to happen. All we can hope for is the best. Listen, man, I want a packed fall, but I've always said not at the risk of student-athletes. We They don't get paid. They don't do this. It's all, it's all unreal. Jumping from college to the pros. Just quick. The COVID numbers are super low. Super. Super low for the NFL. Now, what's the percentage on that? They were at two originally. So, they, they 56 players total have tested positive since training camp opened back on July 28th. That is, that is I believe it's uh, roughly 2% total. Or, no, excuse me. Their latest round came back at a 2% positivity rate. 
in totality, they are still under a 1% positivity rate, which means we're going to start seeing teams go to every other day COVID testing instead of every day COVID testing. So that, and and there's 2,600 players being tested, by the way. So that's, that, that's, that's a big amount. And uh, so we've seen the opt-out window come and gone. The total number of players that have opted out stands at 69, which nice. is a good number. <laughs> and lastly, we want to touch on, Joel, on the NFL officials have a big, big decision coming up. Well, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, so the, similar to what the players have, because the referees are the second biggest employee in the NFL, the players had a chance to have an opt-out window where they would decide whether or not they're going to play due to COVID, COVID concerns and get a prorated salary based off that. The refs were just offered another thing like that, where they have till Thursday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time um, to either opt in and get full salary or opt out and only get $30,000 and it won't affect your job security for the 2021 season. Or yeah, the, 21-22 season, rather. Yeah, these opt-outs are just absolutely insane. And the, you know, the players are getting 150 k and then their salaries aren't counting, but some of their bonuses aren't counting towards the cap. It's giving some cap relief. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch, but uh, the NFL is coming fast and furious. So we're going to have some decisions for you guys here coming in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. This was episode 11. Joel, and I had another fantastic time. It's always great to talk sports with you. It's always good to sit down and talk to the people. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Gossiker56. That's at G-O-S-I-K-E-R-5-6. That's on Twitter. You can find me at Goose on the Mic on Instagram. And again, I want to hear your feedback. Joel, where might the people be able to find you and the podcast at the same time? Um, you can find me on Twitter at good old Joel's. That's good, regular, O-O-L-E, Joel's, J-O-L-E-S. Or on Instagram at Joel Bioqua, J-O-L-A-N, B as in boy, I-O-K-U-A. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at airitout.podcast. Again, any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. Absolutely. And again, we want to hear your feedback. We want to continue to grow our network. Guys, you are a part of this. You are the beginning listeners of this podcast. So if we ever take off one day, I promise you, you guys will be enshrined in our Hall of Fame forever. But until next time, until episode 12. Put it in the books. Put it in the books.